It goes without saying that a world without art is not a world worth living in. Art is by far one of the purest forms of human expression that speaks to all of us in a language we can't explain and yet we feel nonetheless. On this episode of The Chatterbox, I sit down with a future leader in creative media, Michelle Mardoff. Michelle is an art director in the advertising industry looking to create space for women and people of color. Michelle was one of the few people that truly stood out to me during my time in high school and from the moment we met I knew I just had to know her. How I'm curious like tell me about like where where you actually are from because I know you're from Spain but you're from like a specific community in Spain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how did you even get to the island? <laughs> so in um from spain i'm from mallorca which is also another island so it was kind of like you know from i like european island life just hopping to now like caribbean island life the way we really ended up there was because um the shadies they moved to mallorca and then they ended up being in school with me and that was the first time i saw triplets because they were in my grade I was oh, like, because wow. I, yeah. I saw them at the gym after with my mom. And I was like, hey, mom, they go to school with me, blah, blah. Then my mom and their mom like kicked it. <laughs> and like they started being like, I think now they're best friends, basically. Sweet. Um, so then we would be coming every Christmas. They invited us for Christmas one year. And then we just started going for Christmas there. Like at this point, we've gone there for 10, 12 years, pretty much, probably every year. Wow. And then, yeah, one day, I, like, when we were leaving, I was really sad. I turned around to my parents, like, sitting in the airplane, and I'm like, what if we just move here? <laughs> and then my parents are the type to really want to, like, you know, just not live in the same place forever. So, you know, eventually they really thought about it. They're like, fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> so then, yeah, we moved there. Hey, and then that's, like... you, and that's And that's how we, that's how I ended up meeting you in the, in the art class. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Like that. I remember like, I yeah, I remember the reason like you, you were talking about something. I don't know what the conversation was about, but like, it was like some random thing it was like, oh, yeah, like I did peyote in the desert, like with my <laughs> parents or something like that. And I was like, wait, what? I don't, I don't know. Like even your art has always been awesome, you know? And so like I really enjoyed just seeing like all of the amazing things that you were coming up with. And just like we would have a funny, just chill ass conversation, yeah. our, and it was super chill. And I, <laughs> I like fun. that. It was fun. It was it was so fun. I guess like so when you you went to Miami to study and become an art director or a creative director. So I moved to Miami first to do undergrad, um, and I studied there advertising. It was more advertising in general, Sweet. and then you could choose like two tracks, basically like the managerial track or the creative track. So I did the creative track. At that point, I didn't really know the difference between like copywriters and art directors, which just to give you some context in advertising is basically like if you see an ad, an art director is the person that had to do with all the like visual elements that you see that kind of carry the storytelling. And then the copywriter is the one that actually writes like the copy which with that we mean like the text that you see on the ads mm. so at that point I didn't know I just know that writing was my thing so then I was doing yeah I was about to graduate and as an international student right you need to start figuring out what you're gonna do like you can't just chill here and relax 
Yeah. So then, so then I decided to do my masters, and that's when you were able to choose those two tracks, like copywriting, art direction, or you can also choose strategy, which is very interesting as well. So yeah, I ended up choosing art direction because I really start. I started as an artist, and then that's I found my way in advertising. And yeah, so that's that's what I ended up getting my masters in, and here I am. That's sweet. So what inspired you to get into art? Like, or did you always know you wanted to be a creative person? Oh, for sure. Like since little, I'm, I'm an only child. Um, so, it, and my parents always like to travel. So wherever we would travel, I would take my uh, notebook at the time, you know, ain't nobody had iPads <laughs> and then all my colors. And then, yeah, I would just always draw. In the beginning, I wanted to be a fashion designer. So I have this, my mom still saves the notebook, like with all my designs from when I was probably like five years. Um, so cute. <laughs> they were really funny. Honestly, probably no one will wear those these days <laughs> or those days or anytime. But, you know, it was a good start. <laughs> then um, I wanted to become an interior designer because I really got into Sims. I don't know if you remember Sims days. But yes, I yeah. love Sims. I would build and yes. build multiple dream yeah. realities. Like. Know all the cheat codes and everything just to build more. <laughs> Hell yeah, get all the money. Yeah. Just like, ka-ching, yeah. ka-ching. <laughs> Mother Lotus, but anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then after that, my mom, um, she does art, but she paints. She's a painter. So that's what always inspired me to just continue really discovering what in the art scene I want to do. So then I just wanted to be like a, a conceptual artist in general. So basically it's artists that don't just do art for the sake of like, oh, this looks good. Or it makes like there's a story behind it, like a concept. And then I realized that I also like business and strategy. And that's kind of where advertising kind of comes in because it's kind of all those mm. things tied together. Plus, yeah. like, I always love psychology as well. So it kind of really brings in the psychology element. Just a bunch of yeah. things that, yeah, just ended up leading me there. And like, I remember you did a few different campaigns. I don't know if it was for specific classes, but which were like, because those were all, were those for a specific client? Because they were all like really cool. And you use like different I would say like methods for the different ones like you with the cutouts with the paper. Oh, those. And then the one that the heel one I love. Like that one has such mm-hmm. deep meaning. Like that was so beautiful. Is which one I guess is like your was your favorite one to do cuz they're all like so I mean, I see it as two different things because like campaigns for me just have to do with advertising. Okay. And then in advertising when like I'm switching to my advertising brain, I'm basically like solving the client's problem that they have but when I'm doing art like for example the heel project that you were mentioning that's more like personal projects that I do more with my artist mind that is how am I going to solve my own problems that also then like you know reflect with society what society is going through yeah and stuff like that so yeah so there, you would have two answers depending on which one you're asking me if it's more like art related or advertising related. okay so I guess which one is your favorite more advertising related like like campaign mm-hmm. a full-blown campaign like not just an ad anything I did this one which was for like uh Ikea it was for a class we had to bring in like a celebrity but at that point I already had in my mind that it was I want to go into doing art direction but for like music labels or like the music scene 
So I was like, yeah. I asked my instructor, I was like, oh, can I do it for a label? So he was like, yes, yeah. so I did IKEA partnering basically with OVO Sound, like Drake's label. Mm. So it was a product creation class. I created like a whole catalog of, you know, furniture inspired by OVO, like a whole campaign and with, you know, how Drake had like hot, hotline bling. Yeah. So it would be like kind of a play on that, that like you could call them and then sometimes Drake would answer and he would help you like build the furniture because you know ikea and nobody like sometimes you don't know how to build the stuff so yeah. yeah that was fun that was fun yeah that sounds like that sounds like a fun project <laughs> it was. like to just be able because you could really take that anywhere mm-hmm. that is so cool mm-hmm. Sometimes I wish I took like an art class in college because I, I didn't even know about dual majors. So I didn't like think, oh, let me go do design yeah, while I'm doing engineering. But I didn't know. Uh, design is so amazing. Like, I'm so jealous. Like, it is so, like, I feel like you really get to express just like the, the just like the, the thoughts and yeah, the ideas that yeah, go yeah, on yeah. in your head. It's dope. It's dope. And especially once you get to know all the programs and stuff like that more, like that helps you kind of like let other people like visualize what you are mentally visualizing. Yeah. I guess like what are the the most common like programs that you use as a designer or art director to create content? Is it usually Adobe? Because that's like all I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, most most of the things is like the Adobe Cloud from like Illustrator, Photoshop, Lightroom. I started getting into like doing 3D stuff. So I also use uh, Dimension. And then, yeah, I've also started doing some like AR stuff, like augmented reality. And then... Yes, that stuff is so cool. I, yeah, you're, the mask you made or yay. like the filter. Yeah, that was fun. For that, that it's like cool. Spark AR, which belongs to Facebook. And then, I don't know, there's a lot of, like, also when I try to do, like, illustrations, because I try to bring my artist side into kind of, like, the digital world. So I sometimes take my iPad. So for that, you would use, like, Procreate and things like that. Sadly, you do have to pay for all of these, which is kind of this whole thing I have with, like, oh, the arts is not really accessible to everyone. But whatever, that's another fight. I will fight another day. Now for a message from our sponsors. I do think it is I I agree like the art is something that I feel like doesn't really get a lot of attention but it's something that feeds into everything that we do and we don't and mm-hmm. we take it for granted. Yeah. Everything that every like way the humans express themselves in some shape where a form has a creative mm-hmm. element like and it's just like how we move through the world like fashion is creative, you mm-hmm. know, like the things that are trendy these are from creative minds and yet we just don't we don't yeah, dude, give kids all of an, it. like an outlet to really just express themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then what sucks too is that like it's not just like not paying attention to them, but also like it really is a privilege for you to fully be able to like dive into the arts. Because it's like that means you need to buy materials and not everyone has all of that like, you know, accessibility to doing all of that. So I don't know. <laughs> Since I think for a couple of years now, I've had it in my mind that like once I'm really up there, you know, I'm going to kind of like do this, do this foundation thing to make kind of like the arts more accessible for like 
you know, kids that don't necessarily like are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another project in a few years. <laughs> yeah. I think it's hard, especially I feel like in LU, at least it was like you had art, but it still wasn't taken super seriously. We did have like some competitions and yeah. it gave you some like creative outlet, but it wasn't, it's not like a full blown fine art studio where you can sculpt like really, really big things mm-hmm. or do really wild installments. And even here, dude, even here, like the schools, I from like the American system, what I'm learning from my friends over here is you really like if you don't want you don't even have to really touch art class there's just so many electives and everything that does not make you have to go through that path that you know also parents don't really take that seriously so they're like oh do something else and yeah I guess like what so now that you're because you graduated with your master's Mm -hmm. how how do you navigate like as a designer to like are you trying to work like is it to go work in an ad agency and like be the creative director on different campaigns or is it more of like creating your own collection to have in a gallery oh no no um, no. or like working with products in like tech and stuff like that I kind of left the whole art idea like that whole thing of having a gallery more as something I would do in my personal time whenever they give me personal time because these days I don't have none. But um, <laughs> in terms of my route, so there is, there is a difference between being a designer and an art director. I'm really just like following the art direction track at this point. Miami Ad School, what it kind of like teaches you is how to navigate that in the advertising world. So like, you know, getting into an ad agency, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But for some reason, I realized from the beginning that I don't know, I was more willing to explore other paths instead of just being like, oh, this is what people do. This is what I'm going to do. So I kind of really want to merge my passion for music into what I like, how I end up applying my art direction knowledge, basically. So Mm. like when it comes to labels, like it's been my dream since the beginning. Like I've been talking about this for years, the stuff for like Dreamville or things like that. Anything music related, that's kind of where I see myself. Um, doing the work and especially if it's also work that we can merge at the same time like the barrier of entry sometimes to this industry has a lot to do with you know minorities might not always have the chance to get in as much as you know the counterpart so yeah kind of working in a way that I can help other people that are also like people of color and stuff like that coming in I don't know I realized I really like mentoring for example yeah because I had some great mentors so kind of like okay I had to figure it out also as an international student that puts you a lot of extra like heavy work so how can I make it easier for people that come after me to kind of figure yeah. that out as well yeah how was it for but you I don't know if I answered your question no you totally did uh, not don't worry <laughs> But like, I feel like because you're also you have a European passport, but it, I guess was it did you also have to go through the whole like visa process to study mm-hmm. in the US? Yeah, so I was an international student, for, you know, for like from undergrad to like my master's. And then that comes with a lot of like restrictions as to finding a job Like you can only yeah. work on campus unless you get like an extra visa that like costs money and all of that issues even when like trump last year you know in the middle of covid he was like let's kick out all the international yeah students. exactly we like what the hell like, bro i'm just trying to get my education yeah like what do we do <laughs> yeah um so yeah that i've i've always had to like deal with that even right now i'm on like an opt which is basically an extension to your student visa and then 
yeah i'm not even allowed to leave the country or nothing until like i find a job yeah it's sad is it yeah i mean it's definitely it it's annoying and it's something that i feel like a lot of international students have to go through that people don't realize like is a burden that people have to wear where it's like you can't you literally can't mess up even a little bit because then that's it like Mm -hmm. you're out of here and that's like that door slammed because they're they definitely are not going to make it easier it's going to be in your file they're going to be like oh yeah yeah no you're not coming in so dude even every time i come into the airport like in immigration it's like i have to do another line you know then like american residents and that line usually takes forever and they check every single little paper the amount of times i've been in that back room of the airport for (laughs) minor like for stuff i haven't even like i don't know man it's crazy I guess, do you see yourself staying in the States or are you, do you think you would want to work for even labels in like other like European countries or in, I don't know, where like can, Canada, I, I don't know where other, <laughs> other labels are. <laughs> I mean, hey, Canada, like OVO, you know, Drake's label, I would, you know, that for that one, I would consider Canada and that not really. um the u.s ideally is where i would stay just because i like more like hip-hop labels and that's kind of where they are but let's say i will have to go back to europe i don't know i would consider doing stuff more with like afrobeat and stuff like that you know just really exploring that side too yeah where where did your like love of music first start or like was it kind of hand in hand with art you just always really had a, a taste for it uh, well, funny enough, you know, I get this stuff from art from my mom because she like paints and stuff. But my dad used to be in a rock band. So Sweet. I grew up with <laughs> I grew up with like, you know, him blasting like rock music. Then my mom used to dance salsa back in the day. So like I grew up also with hearing a lot of like loud salsa, just loud music everywhere. <laughs> so that really made me love music from the beginning. And I feel like also as an only child, I don't know, it's like you got to keep yourself occupied and music kind of helped me do that while at the same time I'm just as a person like I'm don't have the easiest time expressing my feelings and communicating and I feel like music kind of lets me do that you Mm -hmm. know it's just like I just zone out and like someone does it for me but it's kind of the feelings that I feel yeah but your favorite genre is hip-hop hands down is the storytelling that comes with hip-hop and like just the culture as a whole but other than that i also listen to like i said a lot of afro beats if not r&b alternative alternative however you pronounce that english word uh, <laughs> r&b you know reggae i don't know my 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 taste goes pretty pretty broad caribbean music spanish music yeah <laughs> Yeah, I feel I feel like especially like as someone that you travel a lot, you get exposed to a lot of different tastes of music. And especially on the island, I feel like we play a pretty good variety of mm-hmm. American music, but also like Caribbean, like Afrobeat music. And then you have like your European techno, you know, like all that, all that, yeah, ABBA, yeah all yeah. that good stuff. So, I, yeah, it's definitely I feel like that's what influenced my musical taste is just listening to all the good stuff that we play all the time just vibing mm-hmm. but I guess like what would be like your ideal so I know you've been doing like amazing stuff with Dreamville is that where you're like that's like your number one you would love to be there or is there like other like specific labels that you're like that would be amazing 
I mean, there's for sure other specific labels that I will be like, this, I can't believe it. But for like years now, and you can ask all my friends, even all like my Miami high school teachers, even FIU teachers, I've been talking about Dreamville for like, I don't know how long. Um, so yeah, now that I'm finally, it's not like I worked for them, but I'm able to have them as a client. You have a relationship with them, yeah. Yeah, because I'm doing this program that basically, um, it just helps. It's a fellowship that helps really like shape uh marketers and stuff like that for like to get into the like work field more in terms of like you know diversity like people of color and stuff like that so then the program for this year is sponsored by apple and dreamville so that's how we get to do like they are technically our clients and that's how we get to like you know do work for them you know consult whatever whatever it may be yeah that's how we kind of have i was able to do work yeah but i feel like that's definitely like how you 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 just need a foot in the door you just need to know somebody's name someone's email and then next Mm -hmm. thing you know you are there like it's it's mind-blowing how just just knowing somebody can really get you get you places but that's awesome apple and dreamville i feel like Mm -hmm. the design for tech companies is so interesting because they really it's all about the aesthetic and it's always like Mm -hmm. really understanding how do you make something that's pretty and useful but you I Mm -hmm. remember like because you hit me up about designing headphones and like the whole process of how do you make like headphones that have a really cool user experience what I guess like was this was the headphones a project or like a thesis yeah yeah yeah. it was it was it was a school project that I had. I love that. I remember when you saw showed me the presentation. It was so cool. Like, do you, would you want to speak on like what the idea was and what you were trying to implement? Oh yeah. So it kind of was this idea we had. We wanted to do it for like Spotify, and it was in the middle that you know the whole COVID happened. Everyone was socially distancing. You know, like everyone's kind of missing that mm. connection. So the way we kind of came about it was like okay well music connects people but you know like when you have your headphones or whatever on you don't necessarily know what the other person is playing yeah so you know there's that barrier but what if you could kind of see visually through like different color like schemes what at least what the genre is or like if you're in a certain channel it means that everyone's listening to the same song you are at the same time so like let's say you hop on like the subway and then there's someone sitting across from you that has the headphones that also have the purple light that you have means like you're both listening to the same channel and then i don't know that might spark something you never know you know if you have the same music taste that's kind of speaking like the same language so it's kind of like you know a cool like point of contact so then yeah i hit you up to know all the like little technical details on like how it would work with also like spatial audio we wanted to do this whole room some crazy stuff you can afford to have those crazy ideas in school projects because, you know, there's no budget. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in the real world, they'll be like, yo, excuse me, miss. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you think this is? I know. But I, I think it's important to have that because sometimes, like, you need, like, those weird, like, crazy out there ideas to push you know technology for it and then you have like your kickstarter your startup and then you just get a a smidgen of money and next thing you know you have like something really really cool and Mm -hmm. having those types of experiences is definitely Mm -hmm. feasible there's just 
you you need to like convince yeah the the tech companies to go out there and yeah. build build that stuff because budget yeah you need a there's so much stuff yeah. that goes into building tech like it's insane but mm-hmm. i think it's super important i guess like what aspects of like your life do you think influences your art or like the the way that you design or the way that you look at concepts or ideas for for different campaigns mm-hmm. and projects i think my process really goes back to we have this tendency to sometimes already think of, oh, this will be like dope on social media, whatever. But a lot of times, like what I mostly do is try to take it back and really be like, okay, what is like a human insight that kind of connects all of us, right? It being that like, I don't know, those saying that no one likes to waste their time. Yeah. Right? Like that's everyone agrees on that. That's kind of like an insight almost. And then, you know, you can get more specific off of that. And then that's kind of how you can create like a whole campaign out of it that just bases on that thing that we all as humans agree. And then I also have really like this strategy brain <laughs> in me that kind of makes me approach it um, also like throughout research and doing all of that, not just like being like, okay, this will be cool. Yeah. And then that's kind of when I let my creative juices flow and then eventually like an idea is born and then you implement the visuals that would go into the idea. That's awesome. Is it hard sometimes like when you're an artist dealing with how your work is perceived by others? Because especially if you have a vision in your mind, you're like, okay, I know human instinct interprets this this way. And you create this whole piece and then you put it out there and then people, it takes on its, its own, a life of its own. Like you ultimately can't control mm-hmm. how other people perceive things. I guess like how do you deal with that as an artist? Because sometimes I feel like it can be hard to put your work out there and have not mm-hmm. people not understand and appreciate it the way that you do because of all the work and the, the, the backstory that it means to you. Well, I think there's two ways for this. You know, as an artist, like imagine imagining me creating my own personal art pieces I you know I don't really care if it doesn't resonate with the person because at that point I'm doing stuff that is for me you know the whole heel piece or the thing I did with the Enzo circle that was about like perfectionism that solves my own problems that then I've seen once I put it out that's where I've seen like, oh, there's a lot of engagement. Like people actually resonate with this. Yeah. Um, but it was more about like, oh, how do I heal? my Like that's kind of my therapy. And then on the other side, if I'm talking more about advertising, like let's say I create something that isn't as well received. I really learned to kind of like not take it personal and then just really listen to the team because it's not like stuff just gets put out there without having a lot of people yeah. to get it reviewed and stuff like that. So then it's really like, okay, is my team telling me, you know, does it make sense? Why? Like, I really am able to just not get too attached to it and be like, okay, once I listen to the feedback, like, how do I make this better? Because if it's not hitting the target, you kind of have all those people that kind of tell you from the strategy point and from like all of this, like why it's not working. Yeah, I think that's good that there is at least some construct like the constructive criticism and not just letting like other people's opinions necessarily like stop your creative process because I feel like even me like sometimes it's like oh if someone doesn't like something then it makes you think like oh like did I do something wrong or there's something Mm -hmm, need to be mm -hmm. fixed or what do I need to change when 
maybe there's nothing that needed to be changed. It's just like <laughs> that's just how it was received. Let's keep yeah. going. You know, try again. That's that's also another layer of this whole like advertising thing. Is like okay, you can have a great idea and you can execute it really well, but at the end of the day, it all comes down on like how you pitch it. A lot of ideas have died. Like, this is a saying that everyone says. <laughs> like a lot of ideas have died in the like in the pitch room or like whatever in the conference room because it really is that you can have a bombas idea, then you pitch it like trash. No one's gonna like get it, and then the next agency comes along and they have an okay idea, but the way they pitched it was like super innovative or like super cool. That's all you need. That's really all you need. Yeah. That's it. I guess, like, as someone that works in advertising, like, where do you see the, like, the future of it going? Like, do you see it more being, like, these social curated experiences where, like, if we all have a similar taste, like, we have this unique thing that reminds us, like, we're connected? Or, like, do you see it going to that more AR, like, VR world? Or is it staying, like, you know, on TV, kind of in your face? No. So, like, it's definitely going to get more and more digitalized and then even more and more personalized because they just have so much information from you. And it doesn't just have to do with advertising, right? Like tech companies and all that. You just have so much information of you out there. So really the way they like kind of target ads now is that it gets very niche. And now that more people are starting like getting to know other like cultures through like the internet and everything, you get to making that target persona even a more specific profile. And then also with technology, right now, the way the technology is set up, like AR is only starting to pick up. But once all the phones are really like optimized and everything in general is optimized more for those kind of technologies, AR, VR, like XR and all of that is really going to pick up like 1000 percent. So that's going to be really interesting. And then the thing with advertising is though, like you always have to keep up with the news. Like what is what this cool brand just did that is super innovative and stuff like that. And it could be really inspiring. And at the same time, if you're not in the right state of mind, it could be very intimidating, you know? So it's really like how strong can you get your like mental to be to really compete? Because this is super like extra competitive. And there's a lot of like post-it syndrome after that. And yeah. So you, do you think there is a lot of imposter syndrome in the art world? In the art world, for sure. But I think the art world takes a more personal stance, um, for many people at least. But then when it comes to advertising, I know like almost every creative I talk to, they have struggled with that in one way or another. I feel like it's just self-doubt, you know? It's just doubting, like, your ability and, like, thinking, like, oh, I'm not good enough. And, I mean, yeah, I don't know where it comes from. I honestly don't know, like, where that self-doubt starts. in Because in, even in my mindset, I, I hear it sometimes, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, shit, like, can that just shut up? Yeah. And you have no idea where it's coming from. But go ahead. I think also a lot of it when it comes to creatives is that creativity cannot really be, like, measured like data can. So it's like, you're never really sure, like, oh, you're a great creative, but how are you a great creative? You know, you just get measured maybe if you're in advertising by like all the measurements that come off your ad. But other than that, it's like, you never have a full response. It's more like what people perceive. So then, you know, and also our greatest power is our brain. So then if you're really stressed and stuff like that, you're like, fuck, like we cannot come up with like, ideas for this next concept blah 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 like it's a whole like thing 
And I think also since it's such a competitive field, let's say you're in Apple or something like that, you are surrounded by great minds every fucking where. So then you really start thinking like, damn, like, you know, like, what am I in comparison to this person? Yeah. But I think you you just have to remember that like you're there for a reason, right? Like, yeah, exactly. So you have it in you too, but it's hard to remember you like sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's tough and the voice gets really loud and you're like, Maybe it's convincing me and you got to be like, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, let's remember we are a badass. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, but yeah. I guess like, how do you deal with like staying original or like being authentic? Because I feel like sometimes it's hard when there's so much to influence you, making mm-hmm. sure that you're not just like copying something that's out there, but your brain thinks it's original for some reason. I like how do you mm-hmm. ensure like you're like just staying authentic to Michelle and just like what how you look at things? I mean, I think if it has just to do with staying authentic to Michelle, I think it's just such a natural thing for me. Like I never try to be something I'm not or anything. That is just like that I don't don't really worry about because I never try to copy anything or anyone. But when it comes to my work, especially work that gets put out like in advertising, because then you have to deal with like copyright stuff and all of that. Yeah. It's hard, man. It's hard because at the end of the day, not many ideas, like no idea, nothing at this point is original anymore. It's more like your angle or your perception of it that can make an idea original, I guess. Yeah. So then it's just you finding that voice, you know, like you said, you get very influenced by social media, especially visually, like you're like, oh, damn, this is cool. And then eventually when you're thinking something else down the line, unconsciously, you brought that idea with you. Yeah. So it is definitely hard. But I think also you got to do your research after, you know, releasing like, okay, I had this dope idea. Like, has this been done in one way or another before? Um, And then I don't know, just keep doing stuff out of what you do for work to kind of stay inspired and think stuff from different angles is like is self-care you think like a big part of how you stay like calm and also just like have that energy to be creative like do you think that that's a huge part of just like being a creative person is making sure you have that time to relax and really give yourself space my age that's actually something i'm currently struggling with I just don't have any of that time right now, but I still push myself to stay creative in a way. I do know that way like crazier and more innovative out the box ideas come when I'm fully like being able to take care of all my mental, physical, everything. Especially what really helps me is like what I used to do is like sit down in my balcony you know, smoke a joint or two and meditate. Mm. That used to really, like, I had an idea book right outside with me. And then that shit would just get filled, 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 filled. But that was when I had the time to really do that. Now yeah. it's like, I can I can barely take my time to do that because it's like, I have to, my, my brain needs to be on. Like, if I get a call, oh, we have this, like, meeting that just was just scheduled. Like, I cannot skip that. And I cannot be high for that for sure. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really trying to, find my way like this is my first weekend that I finally had time to really relax all the other weekends I have been working since I've been in this program it definitely helps is this the program this is the Dreamville Apple mm-hmm, program mm-hmm. with the the ad the Miami ad school sweet oh yeah it's not with Miami ad school it's with um this the program is by the Marcus Graham project 
they're solely dedicated to really, like I mentioned before, like shaping minorities to make it easy, not easier, but like to bring more attention to like the talent that is really out there while it might mm. get overlooked um, just generally because it's so just like filled with a lot of great talent from everywhere. Yeah. Do you think diversity is an issue like in the the art creative world? Yeah, a thousand percent. From the art standpoint, like from the beginning of the days, you know, like even through history, the everything that has been created has made and been put on history books is mainly like white history and like white stuff like that. And then in terms of advertising, it is definitely a problem to the point that like agencies and companies like make sure to have like X amount of diversity. The issue with that is that sometimes companies approach it like authentically and genuinely. Like, yes, we're truly trying to make an effort to make this environment more diverse. Yeah. And then there's some that are just trying to make a, meet a quota so then they can like, you know, get the get money from the it. stakeholders or like whatever. Yeah. So then that's that's an issue for sure. And like even was like, did you have diversity as an issue even like in your like uh like college program? Like it was faculty of like more leaning one side than than all different races. I think undergrad because I'm in well both. The thing both because I'm in Miami, you're definitely gonna have more like, you know, Hispanic or like Yeah. White. To be honest, I've probably only had from FIU like two black instructors um I've had some Asian like the, that's one of the reasons I chose my um FIU because I actually had a scholarship to go to UM University of Miami but for me I don't know when I visited both campuses just my um I keep saying Miami as FIU has just more diversity more different types of people just walking around well, for me, like me personally, I don't know if it was that day, but that's the perception I got. It was just, you know, mainly, mainly white, mainly like rich kids and stuff like that. And I don't know, after living in, in St. Martin, after living in the island I'm from, from Spain, those were places that it was always so many different ethnicities from everywhere. Yeah. You would hear different languages and everything. So I know, you know, I just kind of had the intuition that, the places You'd that feel really more comfortable, yes. yeah. Not just comfortable, but the places that really inspire me more and make me like flourish and like kind of glow. It's really those places where I get to see different cultures all together rather than just one culture. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting because when I moved to Michigan, it's definitely a predominantly Caucasian student body <laughs> and faculty um but it's like for me growing up on the island i was so used to being around people that me not being you know a majority or it was not really weird like i didn't care it didn't bother me because i was mm -hmm. like well i'm used to a place where i'm i've met everybody and so just because there's less of that it's not really gonna bother me and i didn't really let it mm -hmm. get me down but i will say coming to america was definitely a transition i don't know like mm -hmm. how was it for you like, <laughs> like just like the culture i think it definitely was a shock but also like at that point i had lived already in in spain peru and st martin before moving to the u.s and then i had visited 40 countries so for me it's always been in kind of my mind like I just adapt wherever I go. Yeah. Um, but it is definitely like a culture shock because 
you know, the more I'm here, and even to this day, I realize like, damn, there's a lot of things about the American culture that I don't know. And just also like, even just like as humans, the way we interact, the way like, you know, some like Americans might act, it will be different than how like Europeans may act or like, especially like Spain, you can generalize the whole Europe, but like Spain um, would act. And little things like that, that it's like, you know, you just have to, instead of approaching it with like, oh, damn, I'm not being understood or like, oh, damn, you're weird for thinking differently. It's more like, okay, no, because I feel like sometimes people do that. I feel like sometimes people have done that for like me saying something that like, you know, in my mind and from where I'm from, it's totally normal. And then like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Coming here, they look at you weird. Like, oh, like, why are you eating that way? Or like, you know, why, why are you doing whatever you're doing? And it's like, you know, you just got to come at it with like understanding that different cultures act differently and it doesn't make them any like weirder mm-hmm. just if they don't act like you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm definitely I feel like growing up on the island, I'm more open minded and patient with people that are different from me, especially if, like English is not their first language. I like make mm-hmm. it an effort to actually try to listen to them. And like even like like pronouncing people's names like I think because of what we grew up somewhere where it's a lot of people you're like you respect people enough to say the name they are given mm-hmm. and not just give them like a white name mm-hmm. because it's convenient um so yeah uh, <laughs> just some trash 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 stuff yeah. but I mean like you have been to 40 different countries mm-hmm. like is this in like in throughout Europe or like in Asia or South America like, I'm like amazed <laughs> so okay where where is where what are what are the top countries that you've been to that you're like you should totally go there <clears throat> so for me those are the ones that are kind of the most like culturally different um you know I just love learning about new cultures so number one is like japan man i mean not number one but like from the from my top japan is one of those at the top so japan for sure china is also very interesting then egypt was honestly one of the best ones ever just because i always love like mythology and all of that the pyramids yeah. yeah um greece for sure also greek food has my heart um and then thailand but thailand i feel like not just for culture but also if you want to go to relax to like the islands over there mm. beautiful beautiful yes. I, yes. that's where i'm retiring i already told will i'm like we're <laughs> retiring in thailand i don't know what we need to do uh-huh. to make it happen but that is where yeah. we are going the food is yep. amazing the people are so friendly and yeah the beaches in the south yes. and they have the best fruit they have my favorite fruit of all time i love mango steen uh, have you ever had the mango steen oh <laughs> i i swear i'm like so mad i don't have one with me right now like it's just <laughs> mango steen is like top tier delicious they have all the lychees the rambutan mm-hmm. the best best food in my life i mm-hmm. swear thailand has my heart like yes retiring there mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. my mind's made up i want to yep. go to japan i really do i want to go to go skiing though i want ch- to check japan? out the mountains yeah apparently oh, they really? have great mountains will wants to they snowboard do. They do. there yeah i have family that lives there so we went to um the fuji mountain 
Sweet. Well, like we were at the bottom, but we could see it. That, yeah. that was pretty impressive. That was pretty impressive. I, what did what is your favorite part of Japan? Because I know they have like amazing, convenient tech everywhere. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm curious, like since you've actually been there, like what is the best part of going there? Um, in terms of like where I would live, it would be kind of Kyoto. More than Tokyo. Tokyo is a little bit too much for me. Kyoto kind of still has that more traditional and like a little bit more space. Also, I'm very paranoid with like earthquakes. So Tokyo has so many skyscrapers that I'm like, ah, maybe tone it down a little bit. Let me survive <laughs> over here. <laughs> um, but then in terms of visiting, you just really, the one of the things that really had my mind like blown, I can't remember right now what it's called, but it's kind of like, a place where they have like the the tories which are the those orange doors kind of like the door frames i feel like i know what you mean it's like that their arch kind of way and it has yeah the, yeah, yeah 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 the like kind of so, spikes at the top kind of yeah yeah it has kind of like let me see if i can find it real quick um but yeah so that basically and it's just such a bright orange that they've had for so many years now it's just crazy how i don't know it's Japanese culture, man, like insane. insane. What did you oh, eat yeah, over it's there? Called, like, it's called Fushimi Inari. Fushimi Inari. Yeah, but here you see it. Oh, yeah, that looks cool. That looks very, very cool. Yeah, yeah, so that's really impressive. Um, what I ate there, honestly, sushi, but. <laughs> Is it better there? Is it like is it like more just fish, less of the saucy sauce? That's that's what I was about to say. You really realize how like westernized sushi has been once you go there because they only have the like really basic, but like the fish is fire. You know when you get your salmon, whatever the salmon literally like melts, tastes amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like butter. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm ready. so then they're they're really they're really simple ones. And what's really crazy is like they have a lot of um, like supermarkets underground, and those supermarkets be having like let's say like watermelon shaped like a cube or like some crazy shit that I don't know. That's just a whole world on its own. It's it's insane. Yeah, yeah, I definitely I I want to go. When I was in China though, I didn't really have a great time. I got sick. It was just not it for me. Where did you go? Where were we? I feel like we were in Guangzhou. So it was like more in the industrial south southern mm-hmm. part of China. Because my dad like did business there and he would go to his suppliers there. And I went with him one time because I was like, why not? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's Hell go to yeah. Asia. Like, why not? Um, but yeah, no, I got sick. It was terrible for me, at least. And then like when I was sick, I definitely didn't want to eat any of the food because I was just like, I just want yeah. soup. I just, I just American. want to feel better. <laughs> like, can someone give yeah. me cheese? Um, but then when I, I went to <laughs> India right after and I love India. I love the food. Indian food is the best shit on this planet, hands down. Mm-hmm. If you want to make the world vegan make the world eat indian food i swear it will fix all of our problems like the food is so good the food is so good sounds like you have a plan already i'm telling you i'm gonna live in thailand and then i'll just you know skeet skeet over to india when i need that good authentic stuff and it's you know if i need to come back to america i could just fly to seattle i suppose you know yeah yeah 
what did what were you doing in thailand were you just in the south or did you visit the north as well because i like northern thailand is beautiful as well with all the the, the monasteries yeah so i've been in thailand twice possibly three times i'm not sure about the third the time that i was little like i was probably five six seven we went more to do all the tours like with the monasteries all the temples all the like all of that cool stuff and then the other the other time we more stayed in the islands because we had gone to china for three months so then it was like okay after because my dad makes a walk like forever man like this man is just on a mission and then we're just walking and then you literally walk the whole day and then he's super picky with where to eat. So then we'll be walking and walking and walking until he finds a restaurant that he thinks he likes, like the food is good. And yeah, that's a whole mess. But then, so we deserve to relax afterwards. So we went to, um, it's called the PP Islands. That's where they filmed like James Bond and all of that. Um, yeah, that was great. That was great. Yeah, Phuket, all of over there. It's yes, just beautiful. Yes. Wait, why were you in China for three three months? That's how long my dad likes to travel. And China is huge. And my dad just refuses to stay in one city for two days. He's like, we're spending one week here, one week there, one week there. And then, yeah, that's kind of how I was raised. Like, I was never home for summer. I could never spend time with my friends. I was just, well, I sound so ungrateful, but <laughs> I was traveling. But I feel like I'm like, that sounds lit. Because I feel like that's like when it you're at is. least there for longer, you really get to at least like, know the area you know instead of just passing through it it is when you're older and you get to appreciate it but when you're a kid all you want to do is play with your friends i feel so it definitely made me the person that i am today with just like you know i was i always just had to hang out with my parents so like i think a little bit more like i don't know like with that open mind of how we always approach like traveling and like being respectful to other cultures and all of that it just gave me a way broader perspective than if i would have just stay home and play with my friends you know? yeah i agree i definitely think it's important to see like how you're supposed to behave in other people's countries because like i think like a lot of people in the states at least they've never left the states, so they just think like the way you act in america is the way mm-hmm. you can act everywhere you're supposed right? to yeah yeah yeah. and like and it's like my different. way or the highway and mm-hmm. yeah but it's like no if you're in another man's country you need to abide by their rules whether you agree mm-hmm. with them or not this isn't your country so it's not what you want it's not they don't care what you think just behave yeah and <laughs> even in your own country you know even in your own country like you should still respect other cultures yeah for sure for sure i guess like because you've traveled so much do you do you think like the architecture from other places like the foods and the experiences that you had engaging with them and seeing like even what the artists are like in different places of the world like because even in egypt you have like the the ancient egyptian hieroglyph is like a i feel like it's sculpture mm-hmm. you know it's it's literally a living i mean mm-hmm. not living but it's a it's a sculpture you know architecture do you think that that also influences like how you think as an artist because you also have to think of like you carry with you on some level the history of just like human creation and like all of mm-hmm. the awesome beautiful things that humans have created in our finite little lifespan on earth mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like um, when it comes to just me more being like an art director, 
I always like whatever direction I propose and when I pitch it, most of the times is like if it has to do with branding or things like that is really based on like some kind of art movement or some point in history that has inspired that moment. So I do use history into like whatever visual like storytelling I bring. And then that just gets tied to like for me, history, it's not just like the history of my country or stuff like that. It's more like, you know, overall history when it comes to even like Asian history, like, you know, what they had to do and like Japanese art forms and all of that. I kind of bring that in not only in my like art as an art director, but I also bring it in as an artist in my. Yeah, that's awesome. I guess like what. So for like students that are like trying to think of picking art as a career, but they're not really sure like what to do. I guess, do you have any advice like having gone through that process that you would have given little Michelle, you know, when she was applying and trying to figure it out? Like, hey, like you got this, but you know, this is what Mm -hmm. you got to do. Like, it's going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what I did really is what helped me is, I figured out that I wanted to do advertising literally my like last semester of high school. Just, you know, when Mr. Khan was like, you guys need to apply. Like, I'm like <laughs> oh, okay, let me figure this out. Because my thing is like, I when it comes to being an artist, it's a very hard profession. Like just you being an artist, just an artist. I knew that for me, I don't think my talent is necessarily all that crazy to make it with the ambition I have in mind to make that happen. So the way I went about it was more like, okay, since I also have, I'm just also a good student, you know, I wasn't just like a good creative, I'm also a good like strategist and stuff like that. So my way of thinking about it is like, how can I also satisfy that side of my brain that loves problem solving and like research and merging that into the art scene. And then what I kind of did is, you know, I did my major in advertising, but then I did a minor in art. So that way I was able to explore both simultaneously. Mm. And it also gave me a more competitive edge now in advertising because a lot of people don't know how to do studio art. So I can bring kind of those talents um, when, you know, most people in advertising start as graphic designers or something like that. Advice in general is more like, first of all, if you're trying to go to college, just since you're going to owe money, like at least try to kind of somehow know what you want to do. Even if that means taking like some time off just to figure it out, because then you don't want to like start and be in the middle of this one major and then have to start all over again trying to do something else. There's also not every creative profession requires you to go to college. You know, nowadays, I feel like there's different ways that you can approach these things, um, which make it more accessible to a lot of people, which is good. But other than that, it's just more getting to know yourself and the industry that you're trying to get into. That's the two most important things. I think come, knowing yourself comes first so that then you can see in what industry you fit in. And above that is like, okay, now that I know in what industry I want to be in, like what company do you want to be in? Like, cause it yeah. also should reflect like the company culture kind of things that you stand for and things like that. So yeah, it all starts with getting to know yourself like really well, I think. Yeah, for sure. But I, I definitely think that that advice is golden. It's it's good to know what you want to do. Just have an idea. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, always segue. But at mm-hmm. least having some sort of North Star makes it easier to kind of just create an action plan, you know, yeah, just give even, you something to do. Even if you don't know exactly the area of study, but, like, you've somehow realized 
and I know not everyone has that realization early on, but like what your purpose is, like what you think at least your purpose is in life, that can maybe serve as that northern star to really be like, yeah. okay, well, with this purpose and this talent or this passion that I have, what kind of fits in a way that also obviously because of the society we're in, it has to give you money at the same time. So it's kind of a merge of those three, like what will make you money plus what is your passion or talent plus what do you think your purpose is? And yeah, I think that's kind of my recipe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's working. I mean, you you just got your foot in the door with Dreamville. I I'm mean, telling you, the, it's, it's going to manifest itself, okay? It's, you just got to start somewhere. Like, first I was an intern and then I became the full-time, you know? So you just got to get your pinky toe in. <laughs> right no but that for sure was a lot of manifesting like I told you I was speaking about it with every instructor then the one the instructor that I did the headphones project and the Ikea OVO project yeah he works at Google <clears throat> shout Sweet. out to him Justin Justin Adu he he really saved my life <laughs> so then he since he knew I've been trying to do stuff for Dreamville he was and he liked what I did he was like when you're about to graduate hit me up and let's see how like because he knows as a person like from like minority and like as a female, it is hard to get into the industry. So he was like, I, I'm down to help you out. So then funny enough, I was doing my thesis on, you know, um, it was the title was like the the future of hip hop marketing, like in the post pandemic yeah. landscape. Yeah. And then the brand that I focused on because I was so obsessed, obviously, Dreamville. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to interview like hella like you know I was on a mission at that point so I reached out to a lot of like different professionals just to get like research from there and you helped me even like you know get in contact with like audio engineers because you know the ideas that I had kind of involved that as well I got to talk to the head of marketing of Dreamville just because of that you know um and like a lot of little things and then funny enough as like um Finishing the day I had to finish my thesis was the same day that this application for this um, program I'm in had to be submitted, which was the same fucking time that I was like walking like my graduation ceremony. So I was there before graduating. Like, I think I had to wake up for my graduation at like six something because it was like 8 a.m. I went to sleep probably at like 430 and I was really about to be like, I'm not going to my graduation just because I was so tired to really make it happen because the application process was long as hell. And, you know, my thesis was almost like, I think almost 200 um, pages. So I was like, really, they're tired. But then my parents had come all the way from Spain. So I was like, I'm not going to skip my graduation. So, you know, did that whole thing, graduated. And then I wasn't still done with the, what I had not finished yet was my application. So I literally, everyone's like, yo, let's party, let's this, let's that. I was like, sorry, guys, but I girl got a dream to chase. Like, literally, that's kind of what I said. And then yeah. I came back home, changed real quick. Not even changed, because under my, you know, the garment or whatever you call that, I had gym clothes because I was just so tired. I was just <laughs> like, I'm just going to be there to walk, and then I'm going home to continue this application. And then, yeah, I got to finish it on time. And, whew, yeah, and that was, like I said, like, um big thank you to like Justin Adu because he he was able to kind of like be like oh yeah this is a dope ass creative that she she was in Miami at school like let's see um if you guys like her stuff 
and then that's awesome yeah, he definitely helped it literally just takes one person to just be like oh yeah i know this person you. and just be mm-hmm. like yeah no she's definitely got the talent i'm telling you i'm trying to I get you over here at Microsoft, bro. <laughs> yeah, can you can design some stuff over here. Um, but no, like I'm always here to help. Like no matter what, like even if it's just to connect you with other amazing people that I know. Like I think that's like the whole point is like for us to all grow using the skills and connections that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, this, yeah. that's how we create a freaking awesome future. You know, mm-hmm. but no, I super, I super appreciate that, and also like you know us not coming from this country, it's not like we had our connections from our parents True. or like any, exactly. at least like any family. It's more like yeah. all the stuff that you did with your hard work and like your work ethic. So it's definitely yeah, like that's how I'm saying like after making it easier for those that come after us to be like, okay, I got this opportunity and I know your talent is great. Like, let's see if we can make that connection. Exactly. I think it's important, you know, there's like why, like people open the door for me. Well, who am I to be selfish, Mm -hmm. you know, and just right, right. Like, and it's like, for what? It's not helping me. It's not my money at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. Like I'm just trying to make us all wealthy. Mm-hmm. Wealthy and, and like the blessings you know like exactly blessings are unlimited like so exactly don't just them to yourself exactly infinite yeah. the more blessings we share the more we reap you know what i yeah. mean yeah but how, <laughs> how can folks like learn more about all of your different campaigns like see where your career goes like find out when you do get your job at dreamville because we manifest in that shit you know what i mean <laughs> dreamville are you listening hire the girl hire her you will not regret it like but yeah, how can how can folks like learn about your portfolio? Just like see all the cool shit you do because I'm always inspired every time you come out with a new thing. I'm just like, oh my god, Michelle, that's okay. dope. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, you can go on my website, which is literally just michellemardorf um dot com. Michelle with one L, by the way. And then you know we can spell it out in the caption or whatever. And then my <laughs> my um instagram which is honestly the main thing i used to like keep up with life because other than that i just don't have time for anything christ <laughs> it's m-i-c-h-i-m-a-r-d-o-r-f mishimardorf and yeah that's kind of where i have all like my visual stuff going on and then my website is my portfolio basically sweet sweet well if you're listening check out her portfolio it's got some really dope stuff maybe it'll inspire you maybe you'll see what the cool creatives are doing what the youth is up to you know just check it out support your girl and as always another another great episode on the chatterbox thank you so much thanks for listening to this episode of the chatterbox if you enjoyed this episode Be sure to show your support by subscribing to this podcast and leaving us a review. Follow us on Instagram at the.chatterbox for teasers 